0: Welcome to Soul-Inspiring Business. In today's episode, we talk about resilience and vulnerability as the keys to a heart-centered and growth-minded business with Vikram Diol. Vikram, a seven-figure real estate professional and relentless self-development enthusiast, has been on quite the journey. Despite setting record sales at a young age and earning a substantial income, Vikram faced a lot of personal battles and struggles that really provided the ultimate wake-up call for a big shift in his life. He gets vulnerable with us today and shares his struggles of lost and missed opportunity, but really when looked at through a different lens was actually the path that has allowed him to gain so much, increased self-awareness, self-love, and mastery. And today Vikram after a brief respite from the industry has returned to help real estate professionals sharpen and hone their own processes and systems helping them build sustainable and saleable businesses through his company the real estate sales academy. And Vic is not your ordinary coach and he challenges his clients to not only grow their businesses well but do it while also expanding in all areas of life because after all what's the point of making an incredible income if you're not also growing with your family and in your health and in your own personal journey. So whether you are a real estate professional, a business owner, I think that you'll have a lot to get out of this episode. It's really a story that's really inspiring. So tune in with the one and only Vikram Diol and it all starts now.
1: I always say everything happens divine timing. And so I I think there was reasons why our calendars didn't didn't collide the way they were supposed to in the universe uh, until just now. So I'm super pumped to be here. And look, we have matching shirts on. If you guys aren't on YouTube, we have a matching black shirt. We both got the memo. So I hope you guys are all wearing black shirts too today. Um, what's going on? I'm super pumped to have this convo.
0: Yeah, me me as well. And I am excited to share you know your story with our listeners. And we were talking a little pre-show about some of the things we're gonna talk about. So you are yeah. in for a treat. Um, but Vikram, so we've known each other. We got introduced a few years ago through some different masterminds and actually mm-hmm. some um, our business coach, um, Jen Cudmore. We have a mutual friend, Sharon Srivatsa. So um, and know each other sort of through this real estate space. And so for our listeners, you got the bio of Vikram from in the beginning, but, you know, he had this really incredible seven figure business real estate team, um, really kind of kicking ass in the real estate space and then decided to leave it all. (laughs) Go, <laughs> so, I don't know, that's what we're gonna discover. Um, but, and then after being gone, you've since come back and now are the owner of the Real Estate Sales Academy and really teach other people how to be successful in sales. So you've got a really fascinating story. I'll tell you and our listeners what I've always loved most about you. Oh no, is...
1: I, I, I should, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nervous Get ready. Now. Um, <laughs>
0: So you're always just authentically you. Um, so in and I I love that you're willing to share and be vulnerable and have this really big heart, and also are loud and funny and can kind of you know you're just you're just you in a space. And I love that. Um, and that kind of heart and love in you has really is what I've known and seen in you um and we'll so we'll talk a little bit later about vulnerability in, in business which i think i'd love to talk to you about that too but let's start from the beginning let's start from okay. you have this awesome team you're doing super well financially right. top of the world would you say a
1: lot better then than that i am now <laughs> yes 100 percent. yes it was uh, the the the, the you know, I, I, I say they were the good, the good old days, but the best is still yet to come. And so I know that, um, you know, there was, there was good things about both, but um, the money was good, but there's other challenges that I was facing personally.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, sure. I mean, what prompted you to leave that? Because many people wouldn't have that, I would say, courage um, in some ways. Or was it courage? What was it for you?
1: it's probably stupidness um you know that having the wrong i had a i had a three strike rule so i i moved to seattle i got married um seattle wasn't like my bucket list city uh just because of the weather like i grew up in central california and the deserts it was 112 degrees in the shade 6 months out of the year i was you know, I wasn't built for the cold, I say. And so my ex-wife wanted to be close to her family in Canada. And when we got divorced, I don't know why I didn't leave. Like, that's actually, I've always gone back and I'm like, why did you stay in a place you didn't really have family? You didn't know anybody. You didn't have any friends. Like the couple of friends you had during the divorce, things got a little messy. My my ex-girlfriend and I, we flipped houses and with one of our partners, um, one of our deals, we, it was a really weird deal, but we took hard money, but somehow we got a second on it and the, the note was lost. And so like we closed the deal and I'm like, we're 40K short and everybody's like, no, the numbers add up and the ex-wife was supposed to be running the, the numbers, but she was more interested in like telling me how to, you know, get the septic. Pump rebuilt instead of like doing what we had all like you know you, everybody has a role, and my role yeah. was to be on the property site. My partner's role was to give money, give products, give expertise, right, help out, and then I got to list the home on the back end, um, and she was supposed to run, make sure that my thousand receipts a day came in, got put in the right place. Um, but somehow we lost like forty grand, mm. and I knew something was wrong, so that. You know, I, I might lose $400, but $40,000 is a little bit harder to just misplace accidentally. Right. And six months later, we get a call from the the hard money company. And I had a good relationships with them. We're cool. And he gives me a call, and he's like, yo, bro, remember how you called me like 62 times? I was like, yeah. He's like, remember you told me you were missing like forty grand?" I was like, yeah. He's like remember i told you like we checked we double checked we triple checked we quadruple checked we couldn't find it i was like yeah He's like well what i didn't tell you is that we had a new program and that program when we transferred over we didn't transfer the note to your guys's because it was on the property and it was just it was weirdly documented and i was like yeah he's like so i i'm really sorry but i have a check for forty thousand dollars for you where do i send your money and i'm like well send me 20 and send john 20. So I come home and he's like, cool, I'll do it tomorrow. First thing in the morning, cause it's like five o'clock. And I was like in tears, right? I was in tears because like, we were remodeling the house. We didn't have any money. Like, you know, we were hard money, everything. And that was all the profit of two houses and six months of extraordinarily hard work. Right. Like, and if it could go wrong, it went wrong on these properties. And my ex-wife is like, don't tell John. And I was like, "What?" She's like, "Don't tell John." I was like, "Oh, we're gonna give it to him as a gift. Cool, awesome. Like, I'd love to get a big blown up check and be like, go to his work. You know, little twenty year old kid. His family had a bunch of money. Super hardworking young man. His little twenty year old kid at the time. I was like, cool. I'd love to surprise John. She's like, no. You were at the properties. You put in more work. You were there. You were the GC. And I'm like, are you effing crazy? Hmm. Like, I'm not stealing money from somebody. Like, he can. Give me the money and say, Hey, Vic, you earned it. You knew you found it. We didn't document it. It was my fault. Learning lesson. That's another story, but that's his money. Right. And so, you know, like strike one was the divorce, Hmm. right? So I had three strikes in sales. Strike one was a divorce. Me and her weren't aligned. Don't know why I stayed, but the few friends we had, like, obviously that kind of split the relationship because she said to him, Hey, Vikram wanted to keep your money because she had all the wires. She called the banker the next morning because I had already gave him all the instructions of what to do with the money. So he's like, cool. And I was like, don't tell John. I want to call him and tell him. So I'm going to call me and tell me when the money's transferred. And then I'm going to call John. So he's like, yo, Vic, money's transferred. Sends me a text. So I called John. I'm like, yo, bro, check your account. He's like, okay, why? So just check it. He's like, okay, it's the same as it was yesterday. I'm like, no, check it again. I know you're rich, but check it again. He's like, I was like, was there a 20K from Axia? And he's like, no. And then she went behind our back, and basically, like my few friends I had kind of disappeared. So when we got divorced, I I left. I moved out of the house. I actually lived in a client's short sale. So he left the house furnished and he let me live in his house for about 90 days. Um, There's no washer and dryer. So I just hand washed everything using my. I borrowed Dove and I barbecued every night. I was like, Mom, where do I buy where do I buy pots and pans and dishes? It's like I, I like just I don't have any money. Like I, I, I never I don't know when the last time I stocked a house and I like I, I wasn't thinking right, you know, like going through a bunch of shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um so that was strike one. And strike two, I got arrested. A little bit of a overindulging night of alcohol. Um, ex girlfriend, we we're having problems. The guy that was trying to date her before we started dating showed up in the picture I got mad I heard about it so I went to somebody else's house that I knew liked me but she was like you have to go home because I have a kid here and I'm like oh I didn't know you have kids and she's like well there's a lot you don't know about me Vic we only hung out at the bars and you were always drunk and you know you're always like the playboy and I was like oh so then I went home long story but I flew in a trainer from like an event that I saw it he was a total douchebag um he tried to actually he he took people from my team tried to create his own team (laughs) i think they failed miserably um later found out that he was on stage he was a complete fraud um but i gave up my house you know like that night he was staying with me so i snuck back home right like just the universe works perfectly well like when you're not doing the right things like the wrong things come into your life the wrong people the wrong energies the wrong all of it so I grabbed I went home I got an uber strike right, right when ubers came out so I got an uber and the crazy thing is is like have you ever had an out-of-body experience
0: hmm I don't know that I, I have
1: well when you drink as much as I, I did that night and you should have died like literally like they didn't even do a breathalyzer on me but I probably would have blown like a 3.4 <laughs> it was like a bottle of wine at her house um, like eight shots of tequila, like three Red Bull vodkas. Plus we were at the bar and we saw our title guy. So Kevin was there. So I sent him shots. He sent me shots. I sent him shots. He sent me shots. Gosh. Old fashions, like everything, right? Cause it's supposed to be a chill night with the team, but then I mm-hmm. saw him and it turned into like way too much alcohol. And then I got a call at one o'clock when everybody left. Right. And it's weird how, you know, my friend's fiance said, Hey, don't leave Vic alone tonight. And he's like, okay. She's like, I just have a feeling. Don't leave him alone at night. Hmm. And then 12 o'clock. He's like, bro, I'm going to go 1230. I'm like, cool. I'm going to go out. She's like, go home I'm Like, "No, nah, I'm going to go. And he, but he's like, yeah, that's okay. Whatever. I'm going to go home. Talk to you tomorrow. Well, tomorrow I ended up in jail. <laughs> and so hmm. I spent two nights in jail um, because I trashed my ex-girlfriend's house. I went over there, I had the keys, threw a bunch of shit. We got in a huge fight, broke her phone, kicked the door mm-hmm. in, like, you know, a couple K worth of damage, but that's actually a felony. Mm. And it's not a felony, like property damage, a felony domestic violence. Oh, wow. So yeah, so now you're like this well-known person in town and now you have felonies on your on your record and you're like holy shit my life's coming to an end at mm. the same time a couple of guys that used to be on my team thought like oh we'll use this to get back at vic because i told them they have to make phone calls every day and you have to call expired and canceled listings so they i was the fucking devil <laughs> hated my guts because i was like you have to follow a script you can't just make calls randomly so i'm the devil and um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was strike two and then strike three because i still didn't learn my lesson um, there's a, there's a term called dry drunk hmm. and a dry drunk is somebody who, even though they're sober, they still keep like that persona of hmm. the person who, right? Like they're trying to not be. And so I was still doing things to try to be somebody who I didn't want to be. And hmm. the more money I made, the more it made me feel like a horrible person. Hmm. And so the more success we had, because that's what I did, we we crushed it and we worked our faces off because I couldn't be at home, but I also couldn't handle the success. Mm-hmm. And so even though I wasn't drinking and you know I was going to therapy and doing all the things, it was all surface. Yeah. Because it takes time to to make a change. And so I, you know, still wanted to be like this bigger than life agent. I wanted to be the biggest, baddest, like blah, 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 one too many, you know, one too many of the wrong conferences, one too many, Hey, how much money did you make? Hey, how many sales did you, oh, we did 400 units. Oh, you only did 60. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. And then i like, you know, just a bunch of this, like, I call it big D energy, mm-hmm. but that's not the right type of energy. Um, and so I, my assistant that was with me for years and years and years, um, She wasn't able to keep up with where we're at. She was dropping the ball. She, she dropped the ball on a 70 K commission. And so we ate the commission completed the deal, but nobody got paid. And I was like, Hey, like, this is a big problem. Like I can't take your salary for the year, but this is a problem. And so instead of doing it the right way, which was telling her what I was going to do so she could make an arrangement. I mm-hmm. went behind her back, brought somebody in. It was very shady. I still, you know, it is what it is at this point, but it, it never felt good when I was doing it, and I knew it was bad. And then the person I brought in was a undercover alcoholic and pill popper. Oh. So wow. she started embezzling money. So we would go to grab the bottle of champagne, and guess what? One box was empty, two boxes are empty, three boxes are empty, four boxes are empty, five boxes are empty. And I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. I wonder if she wanted them into her office. And she's only with me for like 45 days or 60 days. And then every time we're supposed to have our Friday finance meet where she was gonna run the numbers and pull all all the QuickBooks, like, cause that's what I do with my old assistant. She was sick. She was that, she was that, oh, I'm running late, right? So hmm. after a few weeks, then I went on vacation with my parents and a couple checks bounced out of my personal account. I'm like, well, that's weird. Well, let me do a quick transfer transferred some money and then i got home and i checked the gusto payroll and i'm like oh well that's why like every month there's seven grand go every two weeks or seven grand going out, but the seven grand's going to her right like five of it's going to her and zero of it came to me well no wonder shit bounced because our wow. payroll was averaging around six or seven so she figured out what it was and then she dumped in a couple of nice bonuses because those came out of the business account. Like, so she was like, never wanting to show me the books because she was drugged. And so that was third strike. So I started doing Tony Robbins. Funny, she was the one who introduced us to a live Tony Robbins event. So I went to a Tony Robbins event, fell in love, went to a bought into his live event, joined the platinum partnerships, started going to the events and I was like, there's gotta be a bigger purpose for my life that I'm not fulfilling. So about six months into it, after doing about 10 events, I left, I came home. It was towards the end of the uh, end of the year, came home after a date with Destiny. And I talked to my team. I said, hey, guys, we're shutting down in the next six months. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, ha, ha, where's our Christmas bonus? I'm like, here's your bonuses. But like, we're ramping down and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting out of the business. And I said, like, I'd love for you guys to stick around. I'll still support if somebody wants to help take over, like, let's bring in somebody like whatever you guys need, I'll fly up here once a month. But basically, nobody wanted to step up. And, um, you know, had 50 60 million bucks to in that year. Nobody wanted to so we just started closing out business and uh, mid middle of that year, we just shut down.
0: Wow. Wow. Um,
1: <laughs> you, you said you wanted the truth.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, and it's interesting because there's a few things that you said in there that um, I just want to recap because I think they were really powerful. You know, I think you said the universe kind of speaks to you, right? And so when you're when you're on a path of um, let's call it self destruction or whatever, okay. right? Then. It's like, unless you listen, it just gets louder and louder and louder, right? And more and
1: and more painful.
0: Yes, and more painful. And so it's like, we're always being, we're always actually being given answers in every moment if we're open to seeing it. Um, And when we don't listen or we see it and we choose to ignore it, then it's just going to keep getting louder and louder and louder and louder and bigger and bigger and more painful until we finally, like, it's a yell. You cannot ignore me anymore, right? You need to listen. So, um, and I think that also what that kind of journey too of, um, because I've seen this play out either in my own life and with others as well, is that idea of when you don't believe in yourself and when you don't have that own like self-love, that there is, that you'll unconsciously sometimes sabotage your own success, right? So when you kind of, it's um when you don't have that like worthiness from, from truly like within and it's outside, so it's looking for the bigger, the more money, the status to provide that. Then I think there is sometimes this just like unconsciousness that happens where we just tend to because we don't believe we're worthy we will sabotage all that we're building, not knowing that we're doing it. Kind of interesting. And sometimes you, you know, hmm. yeah.
1: Sometimes you know, but you you still do because you're you you, you know that like this isn't smart. Like, this, like there's probably a better way. But you you also at certain times in your life you're just so tired. Mm -hmm. of feeling a certain way like I can't keep coming home and sitting on the couch alone looking out at the world wondering why 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 am I like what what what's the purpose of this right like why am I doing this like why am I am I supposed to be here am I supposed to be at this spot like why don't I have what you know all the other people have like you 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 just get tired of the questions and you're Mm -hmm. like okay I'm just gonna run from it Mm-hmm. Right, but you don't know you're running, but you're just you just the noise becomes so much that what used to be a not that big of a deal, like you know when when you're at when I was at Tony Robbins, he says if you have a cut on your arm and it turns into an infection, well, when it's a cut, you know somebody touches it, ow! But if it's an infection, somebody breeds on it, you're like ah. Mm -hmm. But if it's a normal arm, you could get punched, you can hit a wall and you're like, no big deal. And we don't realize that we become more and more sensitive. Mm. Yeah. Right. And we don't realize the sensitivity and it's, you know, a little, a little snide remark at your brokerage, right? A little snide remark at, you know, in the coffee room, like when we had our office, we were part of the big company. But we weren't treated like we were part of the company. Hmm. Like I felt like an outsider on the way to the coffee room, you know, a couple people see you walk by and, you know, like my thing was a suit, tailored suit, fitted shirts, ties, pocket square, fun socks, no socks. Like, you know, I, I, I dressed up to sell knives. I'm going to, I'm going to dress up to make a $40,000 commission. Mm -hmm. And we, we played to win. Mm -hmm. Like I, I didn't go into, this, I, I don't go into things to lose. We played to win and we were going to win. And if you can dress up, if you can't dress up to go meet with somebody who's giving you an opportunity to sell their most expensive assets. Like, I think it's just disrespectful personally. Now
0: yeah,
1: there's other people, other brands, times have changed. It's a different game than it was, but our clientele, that was like our, our signature. Like Alex Shamosi has the the nose thing on we had the suits and ties. Mm-hmm. And when we would go into the office, everybody be like, Oh, you know, and it wasn't because we thought we were better. That's just how I was raised. Like, that's just how my family raised me. That's just how we grew up. Like my grandpa, you know, he was G'd out whenever he went anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's just how we rolled. Right. And that was part of my team culture. Like we, you know, it was like the guys, when they had their first couple of closings, I'd. Cut their tie, or I'd take their crappy tie off that was too big. They got from, you know, hand me down from somebody from here to there, and I'd take them to Nordstroms and I'd give them a whole outfit. And I remember one of my team members. He literally slept in a suit every night. <laughs> it was so gross. He literally slept in his suit, and he's like, "I never want to take this off because it feels so good." And I'm like, "Just keep working on yourself, and then you can have a whole closet of these." And you can take it off and you'll still feel good in your, your own skin. Mm. Right. But I was giving the advice that I didn't give to myself. Right. And so sometimes you just are, sometimes people just get so tired, right? They don't realize it. And real estate's hard. Business is hard. Life is hard. And sometimes you're just like, okay, maybe if I go try something new, it'll be easier. Mm -hmm. And that was the mistake that I made because I've been in two businesses since then and they're (laughs) <laughs> they're hard.
0: <laughs> well, I was gonna say so two things. Number one, I'm just curious, did you because I actually see agents doing this a lot too, is walking away from businesses that they've they've built, you know, and then they just walk away versus selling it or partnering or figuring out a way to, you know, like um like many businesses, sell them. Right. Um to somebody else, like, was that an option for you? Or, or as you said, were you just too tired at that point to even see that as an option?
1: So a business only has value if it has a process and it has somebody to take it over, mm-hmm. right? So if, if, what I learned is that without good processes, you have a job and nobody wants to buy a job, but they want to buy a business, which is why most of the times when a business is sold they have the operator stay there for one to three years.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so that wasn't staying in the business, wasn't an option. Um, I didn't know, like, I didn't want to go through the hiring process anymore. I was just kind of done. I didn't think that it was going to be, you know, I didn't, you, you, you always think the grass is greener, right? So like uninformed optimism, you know the the valley of despair. So at first you're like, oh, this would be great. And then you start doing, you're like, oh, this is kind of hard. Then you get into the valley of despair. You're like, holy crap! And we start over. Businesses, though, because most people don't document and they don't processize their business, mm-hmm. which means that when somebody comes to take over their business, somebody's coming over to take over a job. So it has very low external value.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now. I did keep a book. I, I did keep my book a business. Um, so I still own that. Um, I had another agent on my team who worked at very subparly for a few years, but yeah, that brought in a couple deals a year. Um, so that was cool. Like, you know, and, and now that arrangement's done. So I still have my 4,000 leads, 5,000 leads. Um, I still have my 300 clients that we served and we served at a very high level. Like some people talk about servicing, like, A lot of agents talk about things, but when you actually ask them to demonstrate, what do they do that makes their client experience the best? They're like, well, we, you know, we do, uh, we uh, do well, um," you know, and they can't, if you can't describe what you do, just don't say it, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I ask you what makes you different than Kara's business and you're like, well, I give my clients a high level of attention. Well, she doesn't. Well, no, she probably does too. So how does that differentiate you? Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you can't show me or at least describe to me, so we had a transaction coordinator dedicated to our team. We did all these things, but there was, there wasn't really an opportunity to sell it because I wanted to try to keep the two or three agents that I had alive alive. Because mm-hmm. I felt like they were you know like they're they're kind of like your family um and I just expected one of the guys that you know he was churning out forty thirty twenty five to thirty deals a year. I just thought he would pick up full time and he would just do forty to fifty instead he went the exact opposite he came like he came to me doing a couple of deals a year and he went right back to doing a couple of deals a year, so without the community he he lost it. Right. which really sucked. And I think it's because he got mad. Like, I think it was more of his fiance. It was like, you shouldn't be paying Vikram a, a, a split on those leads and those deals because he's not around anymore. But what she didn't see in the background was that we still talked every week and I still helped him on the deals that he was doing. Right. She yeah. just saw the money go out. So, you know, I didn't even think really about it. And then I should have put an operator in there, but like, I talked to Sharon about a year too late and everybody had kind of already pieced out and to try to go back in and, and rebuild it then was just at that point, it seemed like just work. And I just had no desire to go back to Seattle. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, if you have a business and you, and you think you're five years out, start to document everything. Right, start to talk. like I tell my dad, I'm like, Dad, if, if my little brother doesn't take over your your office and he decides in two years, you might not have a f- whatever million dollar check on the table. Because now they know your now they know your passion for the business is gone, because the only reason why you're staying is because of him. Mm-hmm. But if he decides not to take it over and they catch wind of it, Right. So like you're doing everything. Start to write it down. But he's like, son, I've been doing this for fifty years. It's working. And I'm tired. Hmm. And I think a lot of people when they get to that point, they're just too tired. So if you're thinking about it, just start to write down everything you do. Okay, when we get when we get this, we do this. When we do this, we do that. When we do this, and it doesn't have to be sexy and fancy like in, in like a presentation. It just has to be a like ugly Google Doc.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And now you have some systems and processes and then start looking for somebody to groom, to take over. Because if you can have them stick around when the new buyer comes in, now you have a business that's a sellable asset. But if it still rides on you and then you leave and there goes 40% of the business, well, there goes 40, that's actually 80% of the value.
0: Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. I think some of it is um, by the time people think about it, they're too tired. So if you can plan ahead and think, okay, five, 10 years down the road, this is where I see myself, then start backing into that when you've got the energy, when you haven't lost that and the most successful businesses or transitions to your point are typically where there is an overlap of the two, where there's kind of a handoff. Um, Mm -hmm. because also you've got to establish trust from, especially in a relationship business from one person to the next. And so they have to see the trust kind of handoff and it's versus just kind of peace out. I'm out and trying to sell a business without any kind of overlap. So, um, Really good points there. I bet you'd be a good person for people to reach out to too, if they're thinking about, you know, that. Um, well, the other problem
1: is people don't, people don't want to pay for, people don't want to pay for your, your mistakes. So they think that what you're going to offer them is going to be, you know, people think, okay, I hired somebody. They should be able to tell me to do, they should be able to figure it out for me, but you still have to do the work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You still got to, you know, put, document the systems, right. Put together the processes. Yeah. Um, and I, so, okay. So taking us through, so that happened, then you, you leave what happens and now you're back, right? Like you decided to get back into real estate. So talk to us about that journey and how you came to that.
1: So I left real estate somehow or the other. So one of the reasons that I left real estate was because my family hadn't really had a family gathering together with everybody in about a decade. (laughs) And so as I was going through these events, I'm alone. I feel alone. My older brother was alone. He felt alone. My younger brother was kind of like doing his own thing. The brothers didn't talk. The, the Our family wasn't really a family. And I said, if I'm going to try to have a family of my own, I'm going to carry this generational trauma into my new family. Hmm. So I was like, all right, let me get back to California. Let's try to work on my parents' relationship. Because if, if me and my dad become better, then that opens up a door for the other siblings to start to slowly work on that relationship and me and my dad you know i'm 42 we, we've spent 25 of our life not talking to each other mm, right he, he spent 35 of his life not talking to his eldest son so like that was something that was kind of like a non-negotiable and when i left real estate like you said i money wasn't an issue you know paid off car zero debt didn't have have a crazy lifestyle like everything that i wanted i'd already bought didn't need to go buy clothes and a bunch of frivolous shit. like i i didn't need to try to prove myself there so i could have just lived off of my savings for years and been fine especially with the deals that kept coming in and um but somehow me and my, my dad talked me into opening up an osteo strong which is a great great business but Um, great service, but a tough business. And especially when your heart's not really into it. Mm -hmm. And so me and my dad opened the business. We end up fighting a lot more. Um, but somehow or the other towards the end, we, especially like after two years, like some of the emails, if you saw like, oof, nasty, like nasty grams, um, just stuff you wouldn't say to anybody, but leave alone like a father to a son, but somehow at the end, we kind of figured it out. And I always remembered, you know, like going to the Tony Robbins, going to like all these events and going to these different places and therapy. It's people don't change, you change. And then they change because you see them differently. Hmm. And so I was like, you know what? My dad's doing the best that he can. Right. And I started to see him differently and what happened was is that he stayed the same but the way i react to him changed
0: Mm.
1: And the way i reacted to my brother changed And the way that i acted to my mom changed And the way that i reacted to our household changed and the triggers that used to trigger me started to trigger less and less and less and less and the fights and the blowouts and the i hate you and the f you's like i just don't do that stuff anymore Yeah. yeah i'm like i'm 37 years old. Like, why am I, why am I having these blowouts still? Mm -hmm. Right. Why, why, why does it matter what he says? Like, that's, you know, at some point he's going to go away and I'm going to be stuck here still angry at the guy for what he did when I was in seventh grade. Like, Mm -hmm. what? It's crazy. And now my, my family's like, we have family WhatsApp, you know, like during the 2024 life planning session that I wrote down, it was, Let's have one trip to Mexico as a family with all the generations there, including my brother and his wife and his child, right? Like the first grandkid of our family. And, you know, like last week my parents were in Mexico and my older brother and my dad were talking in the WhatsApp group (coughs) and they were talking about like, remember when we were in Mexico? My dad's like, yeah, we were in Cabo. They're like, no, we're in Puerto Vallarta. No, we're in Cabo. And we are going back and forth. I was like, well, hey, why don't we just go drop in at Puerto Vallarta and go to Cabo next year? And they're like, that would be awesome. But that wasn't possible two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you stop and you reflect back and you start to look, you're like, oh, wow, things are changing, but they take time to implement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And most people, right, like they start to do something, whether it be in business or life or relationships or health, And because they didn't see the two month gratification, they stop, but it's like, remember when you learned how to surf? Yeah. How long did it take you? It took me years and you're still learning, right? So why would you expect business to become faster? Why would you expect your relationship with your wife or your kid or your dog or your child to change quicker? And we forget that. And it's like, we want everything to happen so fast. Well, I paid you $5,000. Okay. You also bet ten thousand dollars on therapy but you and your wife still fight every day maybe you need to stick with things a little bit longer and instead of looking at it like what could happen tomorrow wouldn't you look like what could happen tomorrow or next year if you don't start things today mm-hmm. right let's 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 ask ourselves what happens if we don't start to make a change today and so the way I got back into real estate was me and my dad and got, everybody got good again, started doing some coaching, left the osteo strong, had a bunch of debt, started the kind of like life coaching stuff, which I like and the mindset stuff, which I like. Um, but a lot of the people I spoke to didn't have any money. I was like, well, you can't afford me if you don't have any money and I can track a higher base, but you know, started talking with Sharon, started talking with like a couple of other people and it's like, well, how do we impact people at a higher level? Well, they have to have money, money solves money problems. You need a therapist. You can't afford an $80 a month therapist or eight dollar an hour therapist. So you go to the $20 that crap one, well, they don't solve your problems. Mm-hmm. They only make it worse. Cause you're like, I'm going to therapy, but it's not working. But you go talk to a person who's $200 an hour, holy crap, all of a sudden change happens instantly. So I was starting to think about it. I'm like, what do I love? I love helping people, I love health, I love biohacking, and I love sales. Well, what am I the best at selling? Cut Cutco knives and real estate. What's more rewarding? Selling real estate. So I was talking with Shran, and he's like, bro, you already have so much of the stuff. It's like you've already done it he's like you've been in the rooms you've done the presentations you've done the cold calls he's like you have built a crazy expired business like, why don't you go help realtors it's like and they he's like out of all the people they need it the most because everybody shits on their agent all day long <laughs> like, out of all the people right because they because the consumer forgets what the agent did for them cause they only see them once every three to five years and agents are the worst marketers and they only post pictures of just sold signs. They, they don't show the gray's anatomy of their business. So I'm always like, dude, show the pain, show like what, what you had to solve for the client, show the trauma, show the drama, tell the story of what really happened. I was working with this client for four years. They didn't have a, they had zero credit, negative credit, right? we worked on this, we did 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 this. Finally, we were able to buy a home, but we got the home and the home had termites, <gasps> got them out, right? Like share the trauma and the drama. Don't just put the just sold because then everybody in the world thinks that we just make too much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. so got back into helping agents um, with how to be more effective in communication so that they can open up conversations with the prospect from a heartfelt center right now. They don't know that's what they're doing when they're talking to the people, but when you teach them the right tone, teach them how to listen, teach them how to ask more conscious questions, you're actually opening up heart centers because there's a true connection there. And when there's a true connection, right, that's a, a lifelong bond that you don't take away. But if I just say, Hey, how many bedrooms do you guys need and bathrooms? Oh, you need an office. What else do you need? Well, I mean, anybody can, anybody can answer that question. Mm-hmm. But if I build a lifetime connection with like, Hey, what happened if you guys don't get that fourth bedroom and you and your wife still fight or worse, like you said, you guys were thinking about a divorce and you actually get the divorce. And now the kids are separate. Like, is that what you really want? Well, no, we don't want that. Okay. So I guess we can wait because rates are at 8% or, or we can maybe go look at some houses half an hour away. Like, what do you want to do? Maybe maybe you should come over, Vic, and we could come up with a plan. Okay. I mean, I don't have to. It sounds like I'm pulling your pulling your like teeth out. No, no, Vic, come over, like, right. And now you're their actual advisor mm-hmm. because you actually took time to care about the people, but they don't teach that at at conferences because that's that that takes time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think like you're there's several things that you know if we were unpacking all the things that you've just mentioned right like um first there's i love that you said you were working on generational healing and because i believe that um you can heal generational lines both in front of you and behind you right and so when you can when you're open enough to putting yourself in that space healing can happen across i mean it's pretty it's a, it's incredibly powerful um and one of the things that we've actually just been talking on the, on the podcast actually at, at this very time and kind of closing out the year was the book um and you probably are familiar with this book but the four agreements by don miguel mm-hmm. ruiz right and so not taking things personally one of the one of the agreements which is so I mean, we take everything person. Most people, when right. living their lives, take everything personal. They're so sensitive. They're so sensitive, especially with social media these days too, right? Yeah. You get a comment and it's either, whether it's negative or positive, it affects your day in a highly positive way or a highly negative way. And it's mm-hmm. like, when you live your life that way, you're basically a yo-yo. You are, yeah. you are yo-yoing around from one extreme to another based on your last experience with somebody. (laughs) What a tragic way to live if we can see it that way. Um, That our state of being can be so manipulated from moment to moment by what another person says. Why are we giving them that much power, right? right. Um, So uh, I think like those things that you've talked about have really kind of, It's like we talk about the journey and the entrepreneurial journey, the the life journey that brings you now to this place where you're able to be grounded and rooted in who you are, who you are as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. And as a way to, I think that what you're speaking to, especially when it relates to sales, is really the magic of being able to give people presence give your clients real presence. And when you Mm -hmm. can have, and that's when it kind of unlocks, like you were saying, that kind of soul powered conversation, that heart to heart conversation, when you can be truly present, not necessarily trying to manipulate things one way or the other, but knowing how to have a conversation that gets at the root of whatever it is that other person is going through wants, desires, um, and knowing, you know, maybe when to tell them maybe it's not right or maybe, you know, and when it is, right? But it's like, how do we how do we get there? Um, and right. you can only get there when you can, when I think you're more fully aligned in your own presence. so you can be fully present for another being. But also, um, people can feel that vulnerability and that heart-centered open when that's open in you, and open truly to helping the other then i think people can feel that on a subconscious level and then they're willing to share with you more vulnerably
1: well it's like we call it you know the trust report influence sales method using conscious communication Mm -hmm. and we are also unconscious right like you said you're a yo-yo somebody gives you a good comment i'm on top of the road bad comment good comment Bad comment, pop, 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 but you're a ping-pong ball all day long, just getting smacked around. Yep. And when you can become conscious, right, like Sharon said at the RISE conference a few months ago, be where your feet are. Right? Be where your feet are. So if you can learn to listen without the intent of responding, but with the intent of, I'm just curious where you're at in life. Right? Like where where is this coming from whether it be with a business relationship or it be with a personal relationship like why are you saying what you're saying right there's people that walk around and they're on their phones all day long they don't even pay attention to see that their significant other or their child is walking around sulking they're, they're not even aware of that because they're so busy being busy right you know my and i've learned a lot from my dad i've learned a lot from this industry but We're so busy working to take care of the people we love that we neglect the people we love to take care of the people that don't even appreciate what we're doing for them.
0: Mm. Yeah. And it's
1: like, hold on, pause. Why are you taking the call at eight 30 at night, every night of the week? Well, because I'm available 24 seven. Okay. And why are you doing that? Like, what's the reason why you want to be available 24 seven? Well, because I I want my clients to know that I'm available for them. Okay. who are you doing this for? Well, I'm doing it for my kids. Okay. But when you pick up the call at eight 30 to be available for this random stranger, what are you telling the people that are sitting at dinner with you? That this, this person is more important than you. Well, that's what pays mm-hmm. the bills. Okay. But if you taught them to call you at seven instead of eight 30, would they, I mean, shit, the people are at home for the Cox cable company. The whole day, they take the whole day off of work to get internet and cable installed. They take the whole day off for the TV to be installed. They take the whole day off, right? The whole day off. They can't take an hour and a half earlier to call you at seven versus 8.30. Like, do you have to take the call? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And If that's your your unique selling proposition that I'm available 24 hours a day, well, then I want to be able to talk to you at 12 o'clock at night well, no, that's unreasonable. It's the same thing. You said you're available whenever the client wants you. So I'm going to go to a trip. I'm going to go to Hong Kong. I'm going to call you at 12 o'clock at night. Well, no, that, that's unreasonable, right? So when we start to look at things from a different perspective, because the whole reason why I love teaching people how to sell is because when you become confident in your sales, you become confident in yourself. And all of a sudden you're like, why am I taking calls at 830 at night? Like if this a-hole doesn't want to work with me, there's 15 other people that are ready to rock and roll. So no, I'm going to set a boundary. I'm going to set it not for them, but for me. Yeah. Now, if it's a multiple offer situation, it's a weird, crazy market. I get it. There's, there's circumstances. And then that's communication you have to have with the family or you just have to be okay letting a couple deals slip and slide and go away because what's the point of working yourself to like the agent community is one of the most unhealthy, you know, there's now there's all these lawsuit allegations of sexual abuse in our industry, right? Why do we drink so much? Why don't we go to the gym? Mm-hmm. Why don't we sit down and meditate? I don't have time. I don't have time. What do, what, what do you mean? You don't have time, right? Like with yeah, you know, maybe maybe realtors just attract people that are going through really shitty times of of existence in our in our humanity like it, it attracts all the people whose souls need to be punched in the face a few times like maybe that's the case but i think we allow that because that's what somebody told us that you need to do to be successful yeah but i think it's exact opposite
0: yeah And i think what you're also speaking to is i think there's a lot of people that don't know how to run a business because most people get into sales (laughs) or real estate not understanding that it's a business not understanding that there are you know expenses that go out that part of running in a business is investing in a business i mean i used to as you know i used to run several offices and train agents and i remember you know talking to them i was like listen you know, if you were able to open up an ice cream shop, right, you'd have to get a storefront. You'd have to invest yeah. in marketing. You'd have to probably have investors or figure out some kind of way to get a business loan. Yeah. You got to let people know that you're in business and spend money to make money. So,
1: three employees.
0: Right? right. So, at least. Why? And so real estate from that standpoint is great. Cause you don't have to have the storefront. You don't have, there are many things you don't have to have, but you do have to invest in the business. And that's where right. when people just see a commission, they don't see all the other things that go into it. Um, right. Like most businesses, um, because we don't just a low barrier of entry that way. Right. Um, yeah. So, but, um, Gosh, there's so many, I mean, I feel like we could just keep going and going and going. I do want to ask just one other question and maybe we'll have to have a part two to have you come back and talk more about soul-powered conversations. Um, but I'm, so two things actually. Number one, I am curious, what is it for you? Like right now, um, you're in the Dominican, you've been living in Colombia and you're, and you're running this real estate sales academy because you've got this awesome mission and i think you're really really good at helping people in sales and i think that anybody that's listening that maybe needs to hone their skills or looking for you know vikram's your guy um but i'm curious what is it that you do now to keep you centered or grounded or how do you find inspiration
1: I don't know that I find inspiration. I think I'm just inspired, Mm. right? Like I'm inspired by becoming better and learning. And, you know, we live in a world where the information is abundant, but with that, we have to have better, like to me, it's like, okay, there's so much information. How do I sift out the noise, right? Like, how do I have a list of things that I'm not willing to participate in anymore? bigger than the things that I'm willing to participate in. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, and everybody's different, so I don't have kids right now. So I say right now, because I, I know they're coming like probably sooner than hopefully sooner than later, but um, you know, knees ain't going to keep up as long as I'd like them to. Mm-hmm. But to me, like I find inspiration in the same things that I found inspiration as a kid, seeing people smile, you know, taking time in the middle of the day to do something for me, right? Like, isn't that why we got into entrepreneurship so that we could go to a 10 o'clock yoga class? Isn't that what we, isn't that what we expected when we got into being an entrepreneur that we'd have some sort of time freedom now, am I going to do a 14 hour morning routine? Probably not, but I like to learn things around Joe Dispenza. Like I like to, do my morning meditation. I like to go for, you know, like my, my day's not as structured as it used to be, but I would wake up between four to four 30. I would do a little meditation, go to the gym, be a part of the 5am club, get to the office early, do a little bit of me work. Then my team would come in. We would role play we we'd skill build, and then they'd get on the phones. I would do a little bit of work and then I'd get on the phones. Mm-hmm. If I was calling expireds and canceled, and we all got on the phones at seven fifty-five. Yes, we broke rules. Yes, do what you do do what's right for you and in your in your community. But I was okay breaking some rules and playing in the gray. Um. You know, now it, it's still the same thing. It's like, how do I become the man? Because I I know God's going to give me daughters for my past. Like it's just impossible for me not to have a whole slew of little girls that. Um, you know, to make me a more, more soft human. Um, but it's, if my kids were watching me, right. And I don't live to this a hundred percent, but if my kids were watching me, would they be proud to call me their father? Or would he be like, yeah, that's my dad, but that's my, that's my real father. Like he, he's the guy that brought me here, but that's the guy that's going to get me to where I want to go. Like, cause if I'm not that guy, then I don't want to I don't want to do the things which is important, right? So it's, it's not about finding inspiration outside. It's about looking at who do you like, what do you want to leave for your generation? Right? I want to teach my kids how to be healthy in a world where you're just taking in calories. And quite frankly, the stuff we take in, we probably be better off not eating right? How do I teach them the decisions that are going to help them to be financially safe, spiritually safe, emotionally safe, right? Because they're going to, I'm going to fuck up along the way, like a thousand times an hour, but how do I become present and conscious? And then the work I do, I love, like, I, I love selling real estate because I love seeing people light up in the Christmas cards. I love seeing them on Facebook inside the house, taking a picture right because mm-hmm. you could feel the love right i love to sell cutco because i loved hearing the stories which i still hear now 25 years later about how we sold the knives and they still have them right mm-hmm. so you you sell stuff that you love and care about and that's inspiring and then it's like if you're not growing you're dying so what are your personal things like is it for me it's biking i drive by a bike store in the a i get excited I'm like, guys, can we stop at the bike store? Can we stop at the bike store? Please, 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 please. Like, Vic, how do you get so excited about a bike store? You're not even buying the bikes. I'm like, I know, but I just get excited to touch them. Right? So, like, what are the things that bring you back to your childhood? Playfulness. Like, that's your inspiration. Mm -hmm. And you might not get to do it all day long, but find that. And then just be the best. Like, not don't give the lip service that you're the best. When you're the best, you don't have to talk about your stats. When you're the best, you don't have to put it out there. I'm the best. People know it. They feel it, like you said earlier. And so be the best by becoming the best. And when you do that, like the world just starts becoming more inspirational because you're inspiring yourself every day with what you're doing and who you're becoming.
0: Hmm. That is a a beautiful way to wrap this into a bow. And (laughs) I will say, as you were talking, the thing that kind of kept kind of ringing in my ears was like that you just really prioritize presentness, right? I feel like what you have based on your journey, you're very present in each moment. So how do you find inspiration by being present in each moment so that- when the right ideas, when the th- they just more easily flow to you because you're literally present in each moment to feel joy, to, you know, feel loss, to feel whatever it is in that moment that that moment deserves. I think that's kind of what kept coming up as you were talking.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, I try to keep the phone away from me as much as possible. I mean, I'm still addicted to the phone, like 12, 14 hours a day on it. I don't know how it's possible, but um, you know, like the, the less like I I'm hearing in the Dominican right now when I go to the beach in the morning, I, even though I want to take the picture to post it on Instagram, nobody gives a shit about where you're at. Like we just think they do. And I just leave the phone and it, you know, it makes the beach more enjoyable and the people I'm with. And it makes, it makes me present with the experience. Like my, mm-hmm. my girlfriend and I, we are present with each other. She doesn't bring hers. I don't bring mine. And we're more playful. We talk more, right. There's that, that distraction is missing. Mm-hmm. And so when the distraction goes away, like you said, it's, it's just presence and um, you know, there, I think it was a, uh, who it was one of the the big artists back in the day, she was on the stage of uh, of a big big television interview, and afterwards she said, "Hey, did I do a good job?" Mm-hmm. And her interviewer sit looked at her and said, Sh- "Shakira, like, are you really asking if you did a good job?" She's like, "Yeah," and everybody wants to know that what they say matters, that they mattered, that they had impact, that they delivered. Whether it's a kid that looks up, daddy, did I do a good job cleaning my room? Or it's a 45 year old person that's done a listing appointment for the first time and they're scared crapless. And they come to the team leader. Hey, what did, what, what, what did you think, right? Or anything between. We just wanna know that what we do matters. Like we, we matter. We, we aren't just here living this existenceless life. Like the social media world wants you to believe you are.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. Oh, I love that. When I love this conversation, I'm so glad we got to have it finally. Uh, Perfectly divinely timed, as you said. And for anybody that wants to know more about you, to follow you and to connect with you, uh, what are the best places for them to do that?
1: Just Instagram, Coach Vikram Deol, uh, V-I-K-R-A-M-D-E-O-L. And uh, I try to try to, it's not always done, but I try to reach out to everybody who follows because again, like that's presence. Like that's somebody, you know, the way that I look at it is somebody follows you online. That's a, that's a, that's a handshake. And it's crazy. People are like, I don't have leads, but but I'm like, you have 600 people that follow you on Instagram and you've never reached out to one of them. Those are all people that extended a handshake that you said no to. So I'll do my best to reach out but um if you do say you know if you, if you liked anything just say hey i saw you on the uh the podcast with kara and um just want to say hello and you know let's let's jam
0: awesome well i hope that you do reach out to vikram and get to know him and his world a little better you are um a beautiful human have a beautiful heart and uh i just appreciate you and appreciate uh, you being here with us here today.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you so much for letting me share.
0: Loved being here with you today and would love to connect with you more over on Instagram. My handle is linked to the show notes, or you can just type in at Kara Chafin Donna Frio. And I have something special for you as a free gift, my dynamic life journal. This special book has the power to really help you live a soul inspired life. Go to freegiftfromkara.com. Easy to remember, freegiftfromkara.com. Until next time, beautiful people, sending all my love.